show is sponsored by HiveMind CRM. It is more than just a CRM. It is a real estate and business mastermind that comes with an all-in-one CRM. You can have unlimited websites and users. You can call, text, RVM, and email all-in-one user interface. And you can set up custom automations for any type and multiple businesses. 65% of companies start using a CRM system within the first five years of business. Once implemented, the HiveMind will save you on marketing, give you more time, and make more money. One of our users had his first $100,000 month using our system in June. We want to see you automate and accelerate your business. Text us at 210-972-1842 for future meetings and of course to get our $1 course on how to make more than six figures on one land deal. You can schedule your free demo today at HiveMindCRM.io. So I'm going to start off today. Today, um, I wanted to cover something that's uh, part of creative finance, and Anthony has his story too. He'll be here shortly. But um, does anybody hear what novation agreements are at all? Anybody? Novation? Okay. So um, we're going to cover novation agreements a little bit, and we're going to cover some other stuff at the end too. But um, novation agreements are like a creative finance strategy that you can use to um, get more deals, get more deals. So not everything is a wholesale deal. And we always say that a lot. Not everything is a wholesale deal, but there's opportunity out there that you can make to still make a deal happen if you look at it through a different lens. So um, novation agreement is, let's say ARV on a house is 200, wholesaler wants it at 110, and the seller needs 130, 140, right? There's still opportunity there to be made if you can negotiate the right terms. So um, it's not necessarily subject to where you take over the person's mortgage, but an ovation agreement is where you make an agreement with the owner to take uh, partial ownership of the property and you can bring in your own funds to rehab the property and then close and then pay out your spread. So let's say the seller wanted 130 and every wholesaler is throwing out 110, 110, 110. You offer the seller 130 um, and you can take, um, usually do like a double, a, a double closing on this. So you secure your interest by actually getting your name recorded on the deed. And from there, you just record that hey, anything over 130 is my money. We'll pay all the it, all the all the closing costs, all the agent fees, all that stuff. We'll bring the money to rehab it. We'll do all that stuff if you agree to one thirty. Uh, if you agree to one thirty, um, as far as the total purchase price. So that's kind of an idea of what we do. So um, if you can negotiate the upfront amount amount of what they're going to get paid out, you can bring in the rehab money, or if Mister like people like Bob Kerr, the the rehabber, they can actually go in there and rehab the house and still make a deal happen and collect the spread on a house that they didn't have to fully purchase or take sub to or do, or do anything like that. So um, it was, it's kind of funny though, because like all these different terminologies, uh, me and Anthony have done, I'm actually working on a, on a, sim, I'm like a partial novation agreement, novation deal right now that I'm partnering with the owner. I brought the rehab money and that's what I'm doing right now. 
I guess I never use the terminology very often, but I'm working on one right now. And then Anthony's done this before too with the seller. Anthony, you want to kind of go on your story? Yeah, I was going to say I was doing novations before I even knew what that meant. Um, I was just uh, creatively structuring deals because I didn't have any money in my pocket, you know, mostly just for marketing. So I came in with like a creative hammer because I saw that people were doing sub two deals. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to start trying to sub two everything. And usually that people talk about sub two, they talk about houses and cash flow. Um, I started sub twoing everything, farm and ranch, mobile homes, everything. And then whenever I didn't feel like buying it, my last ditch effort to the seller was, Hey, I'll pay for the remodel. If you like sign me over the house and then we'll list it for full price on the open market. And then I'll pay you when it sells for full price. And they were like, yeah, that sounds perfect because they didn't want to sell at a loss. They wanted to maximize profit. They just didn't have the money for the rehab. So I was just trying to just be creative and put deals together. And uh, I didn't know that it had a name, but yeah, that's super, super powerful. I mean, if I lead with that first, before I even think about buying the property, I'm going to get there and try to see if I could fit, get, take the deal down creatively, uh, novation, sub two, something. Who in here does not know what the, the term sub two means or creative finance? Nobody wants to admit it. Yeah, we have a quiet crowd today. <laughs> still don't, I still don't understand the novation, but we can come back to it. Um, but sub two creative, I get. So all the novation is, is it is a creative strategy where the seller gives you, they pretty much give you control of the property temporarily so that you can uh, do what you have to do to fix it up and get it sold. Um, as far it's as I know, title. Yeah, I was going to say, they don't even transfer the title over to you. It just protects you on paper that you were the partner that did the deal. So it, it does, I think, and I got to ask some more questions because I'm still learning too. I think Daniel knows more about me than on ovations, but um, it doesn't go, it doesn't look like your company sold it at all. You were just yeah. a partner in the deal. Yeah, you, 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 you secure your interest by actually coming on title, but they don't transfer title. So they just file paperwork that you're coming on as title as a part owner. And then you just have a signed agreement stating whatever their payoff is, uh, agreed paid off once it sells. So both parties agree that you're gonna sell the property. They have the property, you have the funds and rehab ability. So you bring in the rehab ability, they, they provide the property and then you essentially join the venture with the homeowner directly or property owner. And it's only on houses. I mean, you can do this with the ranches and land too. I mean, that's the beauty about all these creative strategies. You can use them on any type of asset class. I have a question. Go ahead, Jessica. So, so say if um, they agree to this term, one is their contract, but two, once they agree to this term, is there any way that, um, you know, usually in, in, let's say Jacksonville, there's older people, they, they are very, very, you know, um, cautious when it comes to the older, they can actually have that reverse. So I know that you can take this, this um, form if it's, if it's an agreement and file it, so that they don't run away with, you know, you rehabbing their property. Now, do they, do you ask them to leave at that point? So um, this is, is a question, I, like, this is a question, that's a great question. Um, I recently, like I said, I was in another mastermind class and they were talking about this. What he would do was he would put them up into a Airbnb or mm. help them live in with family or something to that effect. And he would put them up for that two month period while they rehab the house. 
So let's say it's a it's a it's a forty five day rehab. He would ask them to move out. Hey, I'll, I'll put up the Airbnb money. You can go stay at this Airbnb across town or right around the corner. And while we rebuild this house, we're, we're both knowing that we're going to sell the property. So you can use the funds to buy wherever or transition or move where you're going to go. So they need some type of living situation if they're owner occupied. They need some type of uh, living living situation to move into uh, temporarily until mm-hmm. you rehab the house and sell it. Okay, that makes sense because then you gain control. Well, I mean, that's why you secure yourself on the deed itself. That way Mm -hmm. you have equitable interest. So your purchase and sale agreement has equitable interest. This is another layer since actually putting money into it. Anthony does this all the time. Like once he gets a property under contract, before he even closes on it, he'll start doing rehab at the house because it's his way of like sticking his foot in in the 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 door door. jam, literally, you know? So this is kind of the same thing. You kind of, hey, I'll, I'll do my side of it. We both know you want to sell. Your, your, your price point's a little higher than what makes sense. So this is the only way this deal is going to happen. So my question is, you said that you don't go on title. You do you go sure? on title. You do. Okay. Because I did hear someone say you don't go on title because that's what I'm like. How do you control the deal? Yeah, you do, you do go on title. So you okay. just submit, um, you can do paperwork um, to record with the, with the recorder's office to put yourself on title as equitable interest. And your agreement stating that they're paying off whatever that agreed amount is once it sells. Okay. How do you, um, because, you know, usually when, when most people are selling, it's an emotional sell for them because a lot has Mm -hmm. happened. So how do you convince them that, um, you know, leave out of the house for a while? I mean, it's you, you pitch it like a partnership. That's how, that's how Anthony's done it. It's how I've done it. You pitch it like a partnership of like, Hey, you want to sell. Everybody's been, throwing at this, this, whatever the price that you cannot agree with. Mm-hmm. And you know, you can't sit, listen on the market because it needs so much repairs. Mm-hmm. Let's just, I'll bring in the money. I'll bring in the, the crew to rehab the property. You have the property. Let's just partner on it. And mm-hmm. we, we agree upon the sale price that makes sense for both of us. Okay. okay. So that you put, you provide a win-win situation for everybody involved. And that's the okay. whole key is you, you pitch it like, Hey, if it, and that's always the thing. You always want to make sure when you're doing these type of transactions or any type of transaction that you always like, hey, if this isn't going to work, I'm not your buyer. That's okay. I might not be your buyer. So if you walk in like that, hey, if would you be interested in possibly doing this, this, and this, and we can solve the situation that you're currently in. And that's always, you always try to buy a ruin. You don't ever want to force people into real estate transactions because that's when you're being okay. fraudulent right. or, or um, territorial or aggressive what's the word i'm looking for <laughs> predator they are predatory there you go predatory predatory so if they mm-hmm. can, if they can agree that it's a it's a good opportunity for them and you agree it's a good opportunity for you then it's it's a it's an understood agreement and that you just mm-hmm. follow the paperwork and move forward with it okay but Thank this gives you, you the, this gives you the ability to essentially purchase a larger priced home just with the rehab money mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you okay. might pay less on hard money loans and all that other stuff because you don't need mm-hmm. as much money to actually rehab. Okay. And then while you're rehabbing, you also start showing the property, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 To get it. So, okay. Got it. So, Thank you so much. So people like Bob, like some bring up Bob because he's a contractor. He's a, he's a contractor on site. He can negotiate this type of deals, not necessarily buying the property can partner with the owner and he's the contractor himself. So he can actually do bigger transactions just by partnering with the owners versus mm-hmm. coming up with all the cash. Sounds good. 
You got the wheels turning, that's for sure. That's good. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we do. We get the wheels turning around here. <laughs> um, hey, Ryan, I have, I have thank you. Go ahead. Uh, so my question is, so it is when you record your interest, it's not a warranty. They're not signing the property or to do, are you recording like a joint venture? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, you sign, you, send, you essentially record your your paperwork of what you agreed upon with the deed. So I have I did this myself. Like I said, I, I'm doing this right now. I recorded my my agreement with my uh, interest in the deed of the property as well. So right now I'm listed on the deed. Okay, all right. So to just the, but it's recognizing the core. Like God forbid, like the seller tries to sell it uh, underneath you. Um, I'm, still the, I'm still on the deed, yeah. Okay. okay that's, the, that's super creative. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah it is it's very creative. Like I said, there's, there's different possibilities and just opportunity out there just if you look through everything through a creative lens. Like I said, Anthony, that's all, that's all we go through when we go to transactions like this is that we're always looking through it. Can we make this a creative opportunity do we need do we need do we even need to borrow money to make this deal happen? You know? So we're always operating in, in oh, the I like that. I like that. Uh, 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 Go ahead. Because I always heard people recording the lien, but then I'm like, if you're recording a lien, I mean you're what third position, if they have you know an HOA or anything like that. So it never seemed very um you it doesn't seem you're 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 vulnerable, right? You're not protected, but I like this way you're doing it. I'm definitely going to pick your brain on this uh, more if you don't mind. No, it's fine. No, we're, we're here. We're here. Yeah, to, thank uh, you, we're, man. We're here to provide information. Go ahead, Bob. Bomber's his hand. Thanks. Hey, <clears throat> okay. So we're talking about homeowners that don't have enough money to fix up the house themselves. Correct. Correct. Now, what I want, what I want to look at is what, how can I get fit? Like, do they have back taxes? Do I have to do it? You know, I need to do a title search. They, you know, what can come against what irresponsibilities of their past can wreck my future? Oh yeah. hundred percent gets house search done because that's always going to, that always can blow up the deal and you don't want to hop into a deal that you don't, you don't understand all the, all the ins and outs of it. So definitely get your title search done. Cause that, that's a necessity because that could easily blow up everything that you're putting into the property and you, you yeah, lost for nothing. hundred <laughs> percent. So get, get a title search done. What's that typically cost to have that, uh, to run a title search? It's going to, it's going to vary from title company. Um, some people though, there's some people that I met a lady when I was in Atlanta, she's like, I could do a soft title search for 30 bucks. And then like people like Anthony and um, his mentors, they'll do a title search themselves because you just, you just pull up the county records and verify that they're the owner. You can see if there's any liens on there. If you've, um, anybody going to uh, Saturday's class with Logan Fulmer, he, he'll probably cover this as far as doing a title search. So he, the, he does. The, the, you can do that, but the soft, the soft is just kind of, you, you know, just really just stuff that we know, like, um, but the municipal is the issue. The municipal can take at least 10 days. So we can't search municipal liens, but we can search, you know, other little things. It's just, a, and you never know what you might miss. You wouldn't have to necessarily, you, you definitely have to go to the courthouse. 
because yeah. some things are not public and some states are not public, you know, and some things are just not public, you know, because there can be like a, um, a survey issue. You know, the, the gate or the house was moved into something. So that's when it gets a little bit more detail. But again, you know, I don't think it costs that much. Um, I usually get, you know, mine done with for free, but it's not, there's one that you can do that's a push of a button, but I think it's just a matter of creating a relationship with a title company or an attorney. Not everyone and, has connections like you, Jessica. Oh boy. <laughs> I've been in this industry a long time. <laughs> no, no, it's a, it's a valid point. Like I said, it's going to vary by state by state and it's based off of, you can have a title company do it. You can hire somebody to do it. Or if you're competent in your skills, you can do it yourself. Like I said, there's different, there's, there's no, there's no right or wrong answer for that one. <laughs> Just CYA. Just CYA. So I hear a lot of negative stuff about the novations. Is the title search the main thing that everybody's like, hey, watch out, they're dangerous? Is it that the main part you need to watch out for? It's just, it's just uh, making sure your, your title search is clean and make sure that the seller understands all the, all the parameters of the agreement that you're making. Because if you start fighting with the owner, you always want to be as transparent as possible so you don't create problems. That's the big thing. So as long as, long as you explain yourself thoroughly what's going to happen, um, it's crazy. I, I did an interview with uh, Gino Paloma like last week. He literally signs his purchase and sale agreements to list on the MLS. He does not purchase, buy, or bring funds to the table. He just very upfront, thorough that he's going to list on the MLS and they agree to it every time. So you can do whatever you want as long as you're thorough and everybody understands what party it is, all, all the all the parties' information and everybody understands what's going to happen. So in his in his when he goes over the contract, he reaffirms it like three or four times that I'm going to list on the MLS. I'm going to list on the MLS. I'm going to list on the MLS. So that way, when it shows up in the MLS, they they can't say anything like, "Oh, they didn't tell me they're going to list on the MLS." They probably have it like it's here, here, and here where we said we're going to list on the MLS. It's on the MLS. So. <laughs> just, just make sure you're you're thorough and you relay the information across that they they understand what's gonna happen what's happening. So I can show you guys a fun story about why a seller would do that. Go ahead, Anthony. Yeah. So what I try to do, like Daniel said, is I want to take control of the property, uh, but I want to make one thing very clear right now is that. In this business, you have to have so much integrity, right? And integrity means, will you do the right thing when nobody's looking? Because in real estate, there's a lot of opportunity for you to, to not do the right thing, right? Because some people are in uh, tight situations and we come in as professionals to see what we can do to help them navigate out of that situation. Sometimes we get paid for it, sometimes we do not. But if you're act always acting with integrity, then there's nothing shady about this business, right? So it sounds like, oh, well, that's weird. Why would somebody just give you their property for you to make profit? But it happens every day, right? Because, and it depends on the level of service and of value that you provide to the deal, depending on how much you would make out of that property. So right now we send out a contract for a guy that has a farm for 2.6 million. Uh, 
we offered him $100,000 down, no payments, no interest for 18 months. And then in 18 months, we have the balloon where he gets paid. So that means I have a year and a half to sell that property, but it's going to cost me $100,000. And he's fine with it. He said, send it over. So we made the offer and he ghosted us for a year. We didn't ghost us. I mean, we stayed in light contact, but we didn't hear back for a year. And finally, after one year, he says, okay, I think I'll do it. Send me the paperwork, send me the new dates. I'm ready to rock and roll. So we went and walked the property. And uh, yeah, we're looking to send over a hundred on a, a two, $2.6 million deal. And we have a year and a half to sell it and make profit. Uh, no payments, no interest. So th those deals are out there. Like I said, it just really depends. I think the main thing that I always bring up, and I don't, I don't know if it sinks in or not, but yeah, I always have to do marketing. And the, the, I think the only thing I care about or think about is the rate of marketing that I'm doing. And if, if that's always top of mind, then it seems like I'm always getting in front of different opportunities at a very high rate. So that just went out today, this morning. And then I get on another call with a guy with 350 acres and uh, plenty of wild animals, high fence, uh, barn, house, um, water tanks, water wells, uh, miles and miles of water piping, everything. Uh, he has it listed for like 1.1 right now, which is a steal, right? Because it has like $2 million worth of development on it. Um, I just offered him 975 and he took it, but I said, my terms are, I'm going to give you a hundred down and I'm going to pay you off in 12 months. No balloon. I mean, no payments, no interest. So I just gained control over like $4.6 million worth of real estate with 200,000. So again, I, it's nothing special that I did, but it's just positioning yourself in front of the right opportunities over and over again. And then the cool thing is, is that no matter what size deals you're working, um, it's the fundamentals that are going to make all, I think fundamentals can be its own phone call, but uh, operating with integrity, uh, practicing the fundamentals, then I don't even care what size deal it is. Like, I honestly don't. I have one today that I sent to a junior Octavio and I said, now let's just sell it for $1,500. Let's move on to the next one. Let's not waste any time. So there's something to be said about, you know, smaller deals, doing those in between and then focusing on some larger deals, but it's all the exact same fundamentals. John Alexander talks about this all the time. So what, what, what's it going to take to under, for them to allow you to take the reins of that property? For some people, it's $5,000. Some people, it's fifty. Some people, it's nothing. <laughs> sometimes being bold, sometimes not, not you know, having anything to lose. So Elizabeth asked him, hey, like, hey what's, what's stopping you from signing this paperwork? And the guy's just like, golly, like, wow, you're, you're good. He was really impressed that, you know, a young girl asked him that. And I was, too. I'm so proud of her. She's come so far. And then he says, yeah, I got this guy back here wants to buy it. This person over here wants to buy it. And this guy has a big corporation. And I said, hey, man, let me tell you something. He's like, what? I said, you don't want to sell to somebody that's already rich. I said, you want to sell to somebody that's just beginning. I've been in it for three years. She's been in it for one year. I said, we're the ones that need the help coming up, you know, and, and getting our lives better. I said, and you have the opportunity to provide that. And we have a solution for you. I said, so why would you make your neighbor richer? He's already filthy rich. I said, we're just getting started. We're just kids. And he was like. I like that. So it's good for your karma. He said, I believe that. <laughs> so, being bold, man, putting them on the spot too. Like, come on, man, help me out here. Throw me a bone. Don't be afraid to ask, right? Because maybe he never thought about it that way, right? But I'm going to put it out there. I want to deal. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to be shy to ask for the sell. Oh, that's, that's, that's good. I'm in my piece Two cop cars just pulled up on side. Okay, so um, yeah, be bold, be bold. Don't be afraid to ask. You have nothing to lose. 
Um, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of strategies in there, but it's just it's crazy um, how much opportunity and how much opportunity can be created just by being creative. Um, so much opportunity. It's crazy. It's crazy. Anthony's doing stuff like that for four million dollars, possibly under contract with two hundred thousand dollars. So um, think about this too. The, the beauty about land is that when you lock up properties for 12, 18 months, guess who gets the appreciation for the next 12, 18 months? The person that put it under contract. So um, if you could put a property under contract and they want a million dollars, it sounds crazy that they want a million dollars or it's a little overpriced. Yeah, ask for like a three-year three year option on it. It might be worth it in two years, you know? <laughs> so there's there's no uh, there's no wrong answer. There's no just being creative and understanding the market. You can make money in it if you just uh, keep keep your head out, stand for the opportunity, and uh, look at look at everything, man. Look at everything like with an opportunity. Um, I think I think we did that we did that for a property, right, Anthony? We locked them in the contract for like twelve months. There's one right now that we've had under contract for going on two years. Oh yeah, see, two years. So you you can you can ride the appreciation train all the way up. <laughs> so don't 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 be afraid to ask. Um, a lot of, a lot of people think the seller's gonna say no, but you just gotta ask. You never know. You never know what they'll say if you don't ask. Um, any else uh, any questions pertaining to what we talked about? I know we kind of cover a lot over the last 30 minutes or 25 minutes. Hey, Daniel. Go ahead. Um, yes, I was listening, uh, being transparent with the seller. What if you actually have it on the contract that uh, the buyer is actually going to be marketing this um, property on the MLS and they signed it? Is that still okay, right? Or do you still have to reiterate yourself? Hey, before we sign up from the market, this on the property, or from the market, this land um, on the MLS. Is that okay if I just put it on the contract? Because they, um, they usually read it. Yeah, if they agree to it, and that, that's usually where if you have an agent on your team or if you're an agent, as long as they agree to that you can list on the MLS and other marketing tech strategies, it should be fine. That's usually how they, they word it in there is that, hey, we, we may list on the MLS and we may use our, our marketing, other marketing channels to market this property if we, if we, if we in turn do not buy it. Or some, there's some like type of wording in there that they, they put in there that if we can't sell it, we'll buy it. Because there's a lot of people that do that too. Okay. All right. They'll, they'll have the private capital in place and it's okay. If we can't sell this to end a buyer, we'll end up buying at that price. So usually go in like they're going to buy it. If they don't sell it, they're going to buy it anyway. But okay. if they can sell it and let it go, they'll sell it and let it go all day long. Okay. Sounds great. Appreciate it. Yeah. Add on to that real quick. Uh, I've never listed on the MLS before. Or, oh, what time I did actually? Sorry. <laughs> Three years. Like, I've done one. Uh, nice. I would say, yeah. You need to get uh, make sure that's very, very clear on your paperwork. Yep. Uh, and I would try to get it out in the open instead of just trying to write it on the paper and trying to slide it by without them noticing, because if they see it online or their neighbor calls them, you know, they might get very upset. So I would just be very clear, like, hey, my job is to put the money in your hand before the date that I'm promising you. And how I get to that point is really up to me. Right. So 
if I put it on the MLS, and this is why I try to put money into the property too, because this kind of makes it a little easier. It gives me the right to, you know, market the property. It's like, I'm going to put money into your property. So what I need you to do is not impede at the, the rate at which I can, you know, recycle this property back into the marketplace. Um, so I think as long as you're very clear about what you're doing, then it's a pretty simple explanation to say, hey, I'm going to uh, put a contract on this property and then remarket it in the future. And then what, one thing I want to more bump is what Daniel said, is that if you, even if I push them to an agent, I'm not an agent, of, maybe I'll get licensed someday, you know, maybe it'll become law or something, but um, I think that as long as you push it to an agent who's in your network, right, like in the hive mind, it's people that we love and trust, then you have that property within your reach. That property is now inside of your sales funnel for free. So you'll say, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have my agent friend call you because I don't list properties. I'm going to have them list it for whatever number you want. I don't care. Get as creative as you want, right? Uh, but for some reason, you know, if it doesn't sell like in 30 days or 90 days, my cash offer is still good, right? So then you got them inside of your funnel now. You're taking care of them. You're providing service. Uh, there's a million reasons why, uh, if they're trying to go for maximum dollar, that you might want to help them. Okay. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Yep. Anybody else have a question that they would like answered? <clears throat> I've got a question. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, in terms of what you guys are just talking about with the uh, uh, listing on the MLS. Um, so let's say that we do get signatures and everything like that. Uh, and we list it. Is there like specific verbiage that you guys use or specific exits like saying, uh, you know, we're going to take the overage uh, for, you know, we're going to give you X price. We're going to take whatever, whatever the overage is or, uh, you know, just like what you were saying, you know, we'll, we'll buy it. Is there any other contracts that you, you do to make them feel comfortable uh, to say, yeah, go ahead and uh, 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 listen on MLS? What I do is I'll do um, what I really love, my favorite go-to, and maybe there's a better way to do it. It's a, uh, I'll have them give me a warranty deed with a vendor's lien on it. So I just explained to the gentleman today is that I'm going to give you whatever number gets you whole again, right? So if the guy's in a $100,000 jam or a $500,000 jam, tell me what number gets you whole again. And they'll tell you. They'll tell you every single time if you ask it like that. And they'll say, you know, I need $100,000. I need $80,000. Some will say, I need $500. Right. What number gets you whole again that buys me some time to move this property? So I'll try mm -hmm. to match. I'll match up a relevant number, whatever they need in their life. So I'll say, hey, like today, I'll give you a hundred thousand and then I need 18 months to work my magic. And uh, the guy's like, yep, that's perfect. That's great. And I even offered to pay the mortgage. And he's like, nope, I'll pay the mortgage. So, I mean, it worked out. Couldn't worked out better. But that's what I give them. It would be a warranty deed with a vendor's lien. And this is not legal advice. Talk to an attorney. Um, and then they get paid at point of sale because they have a lien against the property. So they're effectively the bank now on the property and I'm the owner. So that protects them so that when you sell it, they get paid from title. I don't have to pay them anything. That's fantastic. So, and like I said, it's just, if you're stuck at any point to make this offer, this is where some, as long as they're open, somewhat open to it, don't lay it all out like, hey, I want to listen to MLS and don't don't dig yourself a ditch. If, if they're possibly open to a, a creative offer and they're willing to sell, get Anthony on the line. That's what he does. He's very good at negotiating opportunity like that. So 
and here he knows how to explain it to a seller that it makes sense for them. The whole reason why a seller will not sell to you is because you haven't made it clear your intentions, your, your purchase, your, your whole transaction process, you haven't made it clear to them. So there's mistrust. So if you can lay it all out in a thorough manner that it makes sense to them, you're going to get the deal every time. Yeah, you have to be, uh, you have to le learn how to explain it to a kid like they've never sold the real, not or sold real estate before. Oh, okay. So I've got a question. Just, <clears throat> so I do a lot of um, Facebook stuff, uh, posting up on Facebook, looking for buyers and sellers. So how do you, um, how do you, what would your pitch be in like, you know, one sentence or your, you know, your tagline be like, hey, I want to fix up your house and then pay you later. Like, you know, how do you, how, do you, how would you word that? So if you're going after those type of properties, look for, probably talk to people in the, in the group. Hey, do you pretty much ask for their dead leads? What leads were, did you make an offer? And they said, no, that price doesn't work. And then you burned it. Then you contact them. Hey, uh, uh, are you interested in possibly... I'm sure you've gotten offers at a low price point that you didn't, you said no to and didn't make sense. What, what, what price makes sense for you? What, 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 what amount of money you're looking for? I know that, you know, the property needs repairs, you know, you're not, probably not get the amount you want. What makes sense to you? And you just go negotiating from that point on. So you're not looking, if you're looking for those deals specifically, you have to be more targeted. So you're probably better off talking to a lot of Hive users and see what they haven't, what offers have they made and that were denied, and then they send it to you, and you're talking to those people, and that'll that'll probably give you better results quicker. Cool. Thank you. Yep. That'll probably give you better results quicker, just because you're targeting the right people. For whatever reason, the wholesaler made their offer, and now you're talking to somebody that's that hasn't sold for whatever reason, and everything sells eventually. So if you follow up, if you follow up long enough, and you're the you're the right person that they talk to, you're going to get that contract. Plenty of opportunity out here for everybody. Um, do you make off? Do you make offers on? things that have been sitting on the MLS for like six months? Um, I'll usually wait till they fall off and they're an expired listing. So if you have an agent friend, they can usually pull up expired listings um, for whatever. Expired listing means that they took it off the MLS for whatever reason. So that means that they wanted to sell whatever reason didn't sell and now it's expired. So those are usually good lead opportunities if you have an agent that can pull that list for you. Like I said, agents have their place, but they they don't have their place in, in, in front of the transaction. They have their place on the back end when you're trying to sell it. So just know, uh, I, and it's, it's kind of funny though, because uh, if, if everybody is here Monday, Schreier is like, do not send me deals on the MLS. It's like, don't waste my time. And that just goes with everything. So it's on the MLS and so don't even bother. I'm not saying people haven't done it before, but, and have gotten deals off it. It's just, 
if there's if there's plenty of opportunities out there, don't waste your time on stuff in the MLS. So everybody has like a scarcity mindset that there's only that one deal that's going to change your life on, that's out there. There's thousands, to be honest. So just gotta keep your eyes open for the opportunity out there and just keep it moving. Don't get hung up. Um, Anthony left. I think he wanted to cover something, but I don't know where he went. But um, anybody else have any questions? Um, I appreciate hey, it. I got a question, Daniel. Um, oh, it's this little heat, man. I got a seller in Georgia who she wants to sell the house, but she was financed through an owner. Okay. She doesn't have a mortgage. How could I get into that property creatively? Um, is that even possible? Considering yeah. So um, technically she got it owner financed. Right. So the bank is a person and not versus is not an entity. Right. So you can do a couple different things. Um, you can do subject to maybe contact the, the owner and see if the owner finances it to you at a different price point. You can pay her off and kind of take it. If he's if he owner financed before, you might be able to owner finance again. It's always opportunity there. So it's just simply doing a title search and seeing who the lender is on that property. Okay. Okay. Because their details should all be there. Because the Whoever the lender is, they're going to put all their details there 100%. That's how they get paid. Okay. So she hasn't been able to get with them to find out what her payoff is, which is what I'm trying to figure out. Um, is that public? Well, payoffs aren't public, right? Payoffs no aren't public. Can... They're usually uh, recorded and they're usually recorded through some type of software. But um, if you can figure out her terms, you can estimate the payoff. Right. She gets the payoff. So you can use that. Uh, I think I covered it, the 10BII calculator. Based off the terms, when the when the paperwork started, how many payments she's made, all that stuff, you should be able to get a general uh, estimate of where she's at currently. Hmm. Okay. So if you get, you need, you need a couple things. You need uh, purchase price. No, uh, how much, how much uh, they lent for the property, the interest rate and the terms, which is the months, how many months of the term it is. And that's all. Price, the interest rate and the term and down payment. Um, pretty much not necessarily purchase price because she might've put $30,000 down and bought it for 230. So it'd be the whatever finance price of the original term was. So whatever the dude owner financed, the, the interest rate, and the amounts of months. So for a 30 year term, it's 360 months. For 20 years, it's 240. For 15 years, it's 180. So, and then you can look on the base and the origination of it. So let's say it was 10 years ago. She got a 30 year term. That means you have 20 years of payoff at 200,000. You can do the, you can do put it the, the calculations into the calculator and figure out where, where she's kind of at, give or take a few hundred dollars pretty easily. The 10 BII is a, is a is a good friend. Helps you out. Hey, I got a quick question. If um, if you guys are done. Hey, this is Wayne. Um, 
I was wondering if anybody has ever come into a situation where um, during manufacturing a wholesale deal, the uh, lender on the uh, buy side or the title company and or the title company have like kind of dropped the ball. How did you guys handle that situation? In what way? On the wholesale side, what's, that, what, what, what's the big picture? Okay, so I'll, I'll get a little bit more specific. Um, I had a deal. Um, we wholesaled it to a buyer who was actually getting VA financing. Um, we hooked them up okay. with the lender. Lender um, just kept coming up with reasons why the documents had to be changed and things of that nature. We changed the documents over and over. We ended up having to do probably seven, probably about five extensions. And um, then when it came down to title, um, title basically just dragged their, their feet and um, kept coming up with stuff. I ended up having to call the county um, registrar myself and walking through on the phone with him to get it recorded. And then once it was recorded, there was another issue at title. They wouldn't, they wouldn't send the packet back to get it fully funded. And the owner wanted to hold the keys and it was just, it was just a mess. And I've been dealing with it for like the last three days. And I was just wondering if there's anything else that you guys have came across that you can use to kind of like hold everybody, make everybody be accountable and, and uh, fit a time frame so that it doesn't discredit your name with the seller or the buyer. So you're kind of in a tough spot. So if the transaction completed and there was an issue, you can file a claim against their insurance because they always have title insurance. But if you're still dealing with the property, you have every obligation to switch title companies. Um, that's that's the, the that's the difference between good and bad title companies is you have to deal with whatever the title company can blow up your deal easily just by them dragging their feet. Um, so it's all the title company that you use is very, very important just because it could possibly blow up your deal on you and it's not even your fault. Right. And, and I mean, honestly, this was a, a reputable company and I just don't know what happened. I, you know what I mean? I, I, we're, we're trying to figure it out. We already said we wasn't going to deal with them anymore, but it's just, it was just a crazy situation. Thanks, yeah. though, man. And, and like I said, if, if it's still in process, there's nothing you really can do except hire a new company and have them and have the new company take over. But um, it's just, and it, somebody, they could be over, overworked or overstaffed or understaffed and, all that stuff that that's affect your reputable company to mishap like that. So that's why like Anthony, he's really, really big on his title company because his title company does over, over and beyond what they ask. So what he asks, so they're always on top of his paperwork as far as moving the product down the line. So it's really, really important that your title company is on. And that's what part of the transaction coordinator's job is make sure all the paperwork is done in done in a timely manner and and properly with the title company and your seller hey Dan yeah. daniel yes ma'am um, anthony's title company are they can we use them also yes yes you can um okay. so the way title companies work is if you're doing you pretty much only need one title company per state other than that, they can do use it, they can do a transaction anywhere in the state. So if you're doing deals in Texas, you can uh, I forget his title company's name, but yeah, if you're doing deals in Texas, you can, they can do they can process that transaction anywhere in the state. So can they do it in California? No, his his is in Texas. So you're okay. um, 
I, I can I can give you a attorney out here or cl- closing 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 attorney or title company out here for you. Loretta. Okay. Okay. Good. Can, can you give me his uh, information in, in uh, Texas? Because we're in Texas. Yeah, just put it up in the group. What other things have? Okay, let's see. Just let's start to see. Because the more we talk about, the more he's. Yeah, because I'm in Texas also. This is you Carla. Uh, those are friends are. Yeah, uh, just put it in the Facebook group. Whoever, uh, Wayne or Carla, just put it in the Facebook group. Anthony will usually respond. Hive Mind CRM on Facebook. Just post that you're looking for Anthony's title company. It's my title company of Texas. There you go. My title company of Texas. There you go. I couldn't remember what it was called for a second. I'll put it in the chat real quick. Yeah. There you go. It's in the chat now. So there's, like I said, you're going to need to at least find one good one per state that you're doing transactions in, and then they'll be able to handle all the, all the properties that you're doing everywhere in the state. Thanks, Cecil. Look at that, Cecil on it. Um, any other final questions? I got one last question. Is there anybody on here doing deals in South Carolina or in that area? I would hit up uh, Niger. Yeah, Wayne. Oh, Wayne Philpott? Yes. There you go, Wayne. Wayne's in South oh, Carolina. Wayne, you're in South Carolina? I'm not in South Carolina, but we are um, getting contracts and uh, moving properties in South Carolina. I've got a, a title company out there, and I've got a, um, a lender and a realtor. Nice one. Nice one. Um, well, yeah, I want to connect with you. I've got a few lots out there I'm uh-huh. selling that um, – and I just want to get more insight on the area and just people working in that that region. Okay, great. Yeah, just um, yeah, Wayne at Cash for You with a K. dot org. Wayne at Cash for You dot org. Got it. Yeah, Cash with a K. And four is number four. Number four. Can you put it in the chat for me? Yeah, sure. Hang on one second. I got this baby right here. Hold on one second. But. Cecil. Cecil. Yes. Um, this is Ann McCarty. Um, a friend of mine, her name is Erica Fry, F-R-Y-E, and she has a company called Legacy Research Group, I think it's called, and she does title issues and, um, well, not to, in finding heirs. Like if you find a property that is distressed and probate heirship problems, She's one of the best in South Carolina and North Carolina. Okay. Erica Fry? Yeah. Okay. Legacy awesome. Research Group. Okay. So, Lisa. Appreciate and that. Anne, and Anne, her name is Erica, like E R I C A and Fry, F R Y E. Or it, it could be E R I K A. See, that's actually funny. You can put that. Okay. I think it's E-R-I-K-A-F-R-Y-E, Erica Fry. She's a hoot, but she knows what she's doing. There you go. So, um, yeah, there you go. Thursday call. Uh, next call is Monday. Um, 
we're we're getting the contract for our event in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, hopefully this week we'll have the dates locked in for that. Um, we're doing the boot camp end of April. Um, we got a lot of stuff coming up. Um, we're now starting to do um, PPC leads. Um, we're getting that back end finalized on that, so hopefully we'll get that out by next week. Um, so hot comes into your phone. Um, but we're working on a lot of uh, stuff right now. Uh, be on the lookout for up and coming updates. But our next hive call is uh, next Monday. We appreciate everybody coming out. If you guys have any questions or need assistance, you can hit our chat support line or you can hit us up in the Facebook group. But we're all here to help each other. We hope you all have a good weekend and enjoy your time with your family. Go ahead, Ann. I have a quick question. Um, in setting up the hive, you know, getting ready to send out texts and stuff. Sure. Is Gene still the point of contact or is there somebody that can really hands-on help you set everything up? Um, Gene is the current, yeah, he's the current point of contact for that. Um, like I said, I have customer service um, that can help out if you have any quick questions. Um, if you're, make sure you all watch the training videos. I put out a bunch of videos um, for texting and campaigns and all that good stuff. There's a bunch of videos I have online, um, but whatever, wherever you need help or you get stuck with, you can definitely hit up the support line. Okay. And which one is your um, YouTube? You've got them out on YouTube, right? Do I keep a what? Or are your videos on YouTube? Yes. Yes. Just look, uh, I have my CRM on YouTube. We have playlists that cover a lot of different stuff from these, these calls to the podcast to training videos to setup videos. There's a bunch of stuff out there. Good. Thank you. Yep. Daniel, y'all doing Clubhouse? No more Clubhouse. We cut it out. Um, we just, we're, we're trying to devote more time to lives. So we cut out the Clubhouse on Saturdays. So we're going live uh, every Thursday with HPHS, um, like at noon central. So, or every other Thursday, but it's going to be every Thursday for now. Um, we're going live. So we're, we're kind of devoting our personal time to the lives that we're doing. So did you, say, did you say somebody was, was speaking this Saturday and where is that? Um, there's no one. I mean, we, we're not doing any clubhouse calls on Saturdays anymore. Um, right. so, so we're doing, uh, we're, we're devoting some extra time towards doing lives. So if you guys do see us live online, please check us out. Oh, leave us a comment. oh okay. Okay. You're doing, you're doing the lives instead of the clubhouse. Okay. That's cool. That, that works for me because we were getting a lot of people on the clubhouse that didn't even know what the group was about or anything. They were asking all kinds of very basic, like, where am I doing here? What are you guys telling? Yeah. It was, it was one of those things where like, uh, we had, when clubhouse first started, we had a lot of, uh, we had a lot of, uh, people show up. And it kind of fizzled down after Clubhouse got a little bit bigger. It got spread out and there's a lot more rooms out there. And uh, we felt like it wasn't necessarily worth our time to devote that much time on Saturdays. So with this, we, we kind of uh, were more centered with Mondays and Thursdays. So we have actually had the weekend and we can do a lot more stuff. And we could devote more time to lives. Because the, the problem I had with Clubhouse is that it wasn't recorded. And we couldn't use that content. Once it was there, it was never used again. Unless you went back and listened to it like you, Bob which is very few people. So with this, there's 20 people on here right now. People may listen to this a year from now and I'll have 10,000 views or something like that, a thousand views or something like that. 
So it's a long-term play to get our content recorded and make sure we're using our, utilizing our time more properly and effectively. Yeah. Hey, can you tell me real quick about lead guys? Oh, the list guys? List guys, so, that's it. What's list guys? Is that you? That list guys is me, and I have a VA that assists me with that. We do uh, data skip tracing. Um, we have... Yeah, what he said. He's selling it. You hear him? He's selling it like like he, like it's his. Um, <laughs> we have we have thirty five different list types, um, and we can we can do data data only if you're doing direct mail. We can do skip tracing if you have your own list that you pull from MapRite, or we can pull and skip trace your list. So it really depends what you got, but we do it all. Um, How can we see the list that you have? Um, you can go to onelistguys.com or you can go to the sidebar and hit uh, data skip tracing in HiveMind when you're logged in. And it's in my bio on Instagram and it's in my bio on, on Facebook. It's everywhere. Just hit the list okay. guys and it's okay. there. Thanks. Good question, Bob. Yeah, but yeah, that's, 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 that's my side hustle business. I've been doing that for two years. I've been doing that longer since HiveMind. HiveMind is only a year old. I've been doing the data business for two years, so. And how do you how do you charge? What's your fee? How do you structure your fee for list guys? So data is two and a half cents per lead per record, um, and skip tracing is eleven cents per record. Um, if you pull a skip trace list from us, it's thirteen and a half cents. So it's at two and a half cents plus eleven cents. Can you do the buyers list? Sorry, we do have buyers lists. We have. Um, like I said, we have 35 different list types. We have any, we have a lot of list types, absentee, free and clear, um, tired landlords, um, bad credit, good credit, um, unknown equity, vacant, absentee. Uh, we have a zombie list, which is, uh, it is a vacant pre-foreclosure, very, very small list. Um, yeah, we have a lot of different list types. Do you have the ability to stack those or do we yes. just need to do that ourselves? Yes, yes, we do have the ability to stack those. Can you expand on that just a little bit? Yeah, so um, a lot of, one of the big lists we get is like absentee, absentee free and clear. We get a lot of uh, high equity proof of closure that we pull. Um, it really depends on the list. Um, unknown equities use its own filter just because we don't necessarily know the equity could have been transferred in some other format um there's really a, a lot of different there, it's stacked on the website too some of the some of the pre-built stacks are already there to choose from you can kind of just pick and choose and submit your request and my team will follow up with you great good questions good questions all right happy thursday enjoy your weekend we will see you all on monday um thank you thank you yeah. thanks Daniel. thank you this was great thank you Thanks, guys. Have a good night, everyone. Bye. Peace. The show is sponsored by The List Guys. Do you need more leads in your local or virtual market? One in 10 small businesses don't invest in any kind of marketing. The List Guys have over 35 plus list types to choose from, and you can mix and match any list or criteria. 
We also use the skip trace list and provide up to seven numbers and email addresses. Every list you purchase will be scrubbed against previous purchases. The list guys are here to save you time. Contact the list guys today at www.1listguys.com. That's www.1listguys.com.